come in Jesus' name. Whether you're watching us live here or online, you're welcome in Jesus' name. My prayer this morning is as we look into the word, as we share the word, that the Lord will bless you and meet you in Jesus' name. Amen? Are we awake? Good. Let's look at what the Lord is saying to us this morning. I'm going to read from the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 to 13, and then verse 17. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that he might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. And then verse 17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The title of my message this morning is Hold the Line. Amen? Hold the line. So before this point, John the Baptist was born. You know, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, was barren. She had no child until old age. And then an angel appeared to him. This was in Luke chapter 1 and said to her, you're going to have a child. And he's, you know, he said to her, Elizabeth, you're going to have a son who is going to be the forerunner for Jesus Christ. And the angel said to her, from the womb, he said, you'll be filled and empowered to act by the Holy Spirit from the womb that John the Baptist will be filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit right from the womb. And so John the Baptist was conceived. You know, John the Baptist had only one mission on earth. Just one mission, to come and tell the world about the coming of Jesus Christ. So John the Baptist was born. But before he was born, Elizabeth went to see Mary. Mary and Elizabeth are related. You know, some scholars say that they're sisters. Some scholars say that Mary, I'm not going to go into that, but they're related. And so when Elizabeth was six months pregnant, she went to go and see Mary. And the Bible says when she got to see Mary, the, the, the baby in the womb jumped for joy. Because she, the baby knew, I am encountering the carrier of the mother, the mother of our Savior. It's amazing. And so, going forward, John the Baptist was eventually born. And he went about the book of Matthew chapter 3 verse 1 to 2 says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness 
of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So like I said, John the Baptist had one mission. The mission is Jesus to the world, to preach and to prepare the way. That was all his mission. So it's no surprise that when Jesus came, even though John the Baptist baptized Jesus, he wasn't still sure. Then John the Baptist got himself in trouble because, you know, he, he wasn't, he was never diplomatic. You know, when some, the men of God like John the Baptist, when they speak, they don't mince words. They told the, he told the Pharisees the way it was, repent. He called their names. In fact, Herod had issue with John the Baptist because Herod was sleeping with his brother's wife. And John the Baptist told him to his face. And that cost John the Baptist his freedom. He ended up in prison. But had a mission. And so when he ended up in prison, he was thinking, is this it? So he heard about what Jesus was doing, bearing in mind they were about the same age. I mean, he was only six months when Mary eventually conceived. And so what did John the Baptist do? He sent his disciples to go and ask Jesus. In Luke chapter 7, verse 19 to 20, and so the John, the John the Baptist disciples came and said, And John, calling to all his disciples, this is verse 19, to him, he sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And when the men had come to him, to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? Of course, Jesus told them what he's doing, the miracles and all the... So that confirmed to John the Baptist that Jesus was the one. So his mission was completed. He held the line. The thing is, Herod thought he had power over John the Baptist, but really he didn't. Because the, the bottom line is that the job, the mission of John the Baptist is completed. He was ready to die. Herod couldn't have done anything to John the Baptist if Jesus wasn't the one. But Jesus was the one. And we know how John the Baptist died. Um, you know, the daughter of Herod danced and demanded the head of John the Baptist. And he was killed. But not of John the Baptist fulfilling his mission. He fulfilled what God sent him to do. He held the line to the end. So it's no surprise when Jesus heard, you know, if you remember the preaching, the message of John the Baptist, said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. If you remember what I read to you at the beginning, 
See, what Jesus was doing in Matthew 4, the Bible says once he heard that John the Baptist has been killed, he now took over. He now started preaching. That was Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, that was after John the Baptist was killed, Jesus carried on and started preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is our hand. And so the John the Baptist, his job was done. On earth, was done. Jesus Christ had only one mission. You see, God said, who shall we send? They've done all sorts in the Old Testament. They've sacrificed lambs and bulls and the high priests have done everything, but it's, it, it, there was no solution. It wasn't the solution to the salvation of man. And God said, who shall we send? And Jesus said, send me. And so Jesus came. It's interesting that Elizabeth was old, barren, had a child, conceived and had John the Baptist. Mary never knew a man, conceived and had Jesus. Both of them had the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus had one He came to save us. He came to give us salvation. He came to redeem man. If not for Jesus, we won't be here. Sometimes we need to stop and remind ourselves that we as Christians are who we are today. It's a fantastic song we've been singing today that when we open our mouth, miracles begin to happen. It's true. And so Jesus came and walked the earth, did miracles, fed people, but that wasn't his mission. His mission is to come and go to the cross and die. In fact, at one point they loved him so much they wanted to take him by force and make him king. And he said to them, my kingdom is not of this world. At one point, in John chapter 11, verse 53, he says, then from that day on, because he, again, it's amazing how the leaders of the religious leaders of those days, who the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the elders, When you say what they don't like, they want to kill you. In verse 53, John chapter 11, he says, Then from that day on, they plotted, that's Jesus, they plotted to put him to death. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. Verse 55, and the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went from the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then they sought Jesus and spoke among themselves, what do you think, that he, that he will not come to this feast? 
Now both the chief priests, the Pharisees, are giving command that if anyone knew where he was, that's Jesus, he should report it that they might seize him. You see, so they've plotted from a long time to kill Jesus. But Jesus has a mission. So they can't touch him. They might plot, they might try, but they are not going to do anything. They haven't got the power to kill him. Jesus held the line. You see, Jesus wasn't afraid of death. Yes, he knew what was facing him. He knew the, the torture and the, and the nails and the whipping, but he came for. I mean, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he saw the suffering. He was scared. I mean, that experience of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane tells us that he came as human because he saw the suffering, the weeping, and he said to the Father, if it's possible, can this cup pass me over? But he said, not my will. Let your will be done. So Jesus went to the cross, died, and went to the grave and resurrected on the third day. And the victory was assured. And the mission was completed. See, Jesus wasn't a... When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, one of his last words was, it is finished. In other words, the suffering on the cross was for him the worst of the worst. His resurrection was rising from the dead. So when he died, when he finally made it to the end on the cross, you can understand why he said, it is finished. So he accomplished. He completed his mission. And nobody, not the Jews, not the chief priests, could stop what he came to do. Jesus held the line to the end. Then Paul came. Paul there used to be Saul. God chose Paul to go to the Gentiles. It was Paul that made it possible that the, the, the salvation, that the good news of Christ reached us. Paul had a mission. Paul also had enemies. And they wanted him dead because he was growing in popularity. He was preaching this. In fact, they called him and his followers a cult. The chief priests, Jewish leaders, they were after him. I don't know what it is about Jewish leaders and of those days. But they were after him too. In fact, in Acts chapter 21, verse 10, a prophet Agabus said to Paul, he said, I'll read that from verse 10. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, 
bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentile. Carry on reading there. Paul, people around him started crying and said to Paul, please do not go. But Paul had a mission. Paul knew what he was sent for. He wasn't afraid to die. He carried on. He said, I'm going to go. They prayed with him. They hugged and let him go. I mean, Paul was one of those people. He talked about all the shipwreck and the flogging and all that. But really, the attempt on Paul's life, it was, it was so much. It wasn't just the shipwreck. In fact, once in Acts chapter 23, they plotted again to kill him. Acts 23 verse 16, and he says, So when Paul's sister's son heard of the ambush, he went and entered the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Take this young man to the commander, for he has... That was one of the plots. In Acts chapter 25, verse 2, Then the high priest and the chief men of the Jews informed him against Paul, and they petitioned him and asked a favor against him, that he would summon him to Jerusalem, where they lay ambushed along the road to kill him. Then we, we know of the voyage. I mean, before they went to this journey on the sea, Paul told them, do not travel. They wouldn't listen to him. They carried on and travel. The sea, the, the storm was so bad that they were going to all die in the shipwreck. But the angel of the Lord told Paul the night before, you're going to live. Stay on. Have faith. So the next morning, Paul told them, do not fear. What you need to do is all the loads. Do not. They wanted to, to throw all the prisoners in the, in, the, in the sea. Paul said, do not do that. Every single life will be spared. They listened to him. So their lives were saved. But it didn't stop there. When they eventually got to Malta, where they gathered together with sticks to light a fire, a snake, poisonous snake came around and wrapped round Paul's hand. And they thought, oh, he must be evil. The Bible said Paul shook the snake into the fire. And they were waiting for Paul to die. But he stayed and he lived. And so Paul had so much turmoil and trials and tribulations, but he held the line. He knew he had a mission. He knew unless the Lord says or the one can touch him. He knew that he wasn't ready to die. Paul knew when the time has come to the end. See, when Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he says, For I am ready being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. 
I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So Paul, at that point, was ready to die. You see, all they did before wasn't going to kill him. He had a mission. He had a goal God has sent him to do. Paul held the line to the end. And so, the message for us this morning is this. You see, when we are all born, as we all sat here, immediately you're born, you have a mission. God has a plan for you. You know, the book of Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And Psalm 139 verse 13 says, For you, you have formed my inmost parts, for you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. So four points I want us to remember this morning. Number one, you are not a mistake. It doesn't matter what the lies the enemy wants to tell you. It doesn't matter how you feel. We have our lows and highs. But always remind yourself, you are not a mistake. God knew you even before you were born. Number two, God has a mission for you. God has a plan for you. It could be for your children. God may have a plan to use you to bring up your children. You don't know who you are, who your children is going to be in future. You don't know who your brother or sister will be in future. You don't know who the people you are working with. You don't know the impact wherever you are, God has placed you to make. So God has it for you. Number three, stay connected to God. Stay connected to God. You see, stay connected by coming to church. Stay connected by praying with Christians. Stay connected by reading your Bible. Stay connected by worshiping. Stay connected by praising God. Because unless you stay connected you won't know what your mission is. You won't know when you're deviating because sometimes things of this world can take you off your course. You see, Jesus, they wanted to take him and make him king, but he knew that that wasn't his mission. So always look unto God for direction, for the plans he has for you. Number four, and my last point, you will accomplish your mission. Amen? Accomplish your mission. So it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you. 
It doesn't matter what the attack you're receiving. It doesn't matter how bad things are looking right now. You will accomplish your mission. So, as I call the bands up for the final song, I just want us to understand that God has a plan for each and every one of us. Whether you're watching from home, wherever you're watching this message, God has a plan for you. So hold the line. Amen? Hold the line. John the Baptist held the line. Jesus Christ held the line. Paul and the early disciples held the line. Paul knew that if he killed in Rome, they cut his head off and he fell, his head fell and rolled over the place. I remember the last time I went to Vatican, they showed, they built this, one of the cathedrals where Paul was killed. And they built two altars to show how his head was rolled from one end to the other. But he fulfilled his mission. And so the mission and the plan of God have for you, he will fulfill it. So my prayer to you is that no matter what is going on in your life right now, hold the line. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have known us from our mother's womb. We thank you that you have a plan for us. And so we pray rather in the name of Jesus that you will give us the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit to stay strong and to hold the line because you are a God and you are a God that keeps his promises. Thank you, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. And we say... Amen. Thank you, Lord.